You're listening to the 45th edition of the Bitochen Podcast, and we continue in the base Halevi, sharing such deep ideas, important ideas about Hishtadlus. What does Hishtadlus mean? Why is there Hishtadlus? Why do we need to put in efforts if we have to have Bitochen, if our Bitochen works? Trusting in God is all there is. So why is it necessary to put in efforts? Do our efforts have any impact? Let's see what the Beis Halevi says. The truth is that a person who's an Adam HaShalim, right? Again, just like the Altar of Novartic was talking to B'nai Torah, to people who are striving for spiritual greatness, Adam HaShalim means literally a perfect person, but I like to translate it as a person who's striving for spiritual greatness. A person who is striving in such a way, so really... Such a person should not put in any efforts. It shouldn't be necessary to put in any efforts at all. Really, the things that he needs should just appear without any efforts on his part. Which is exactly the way it was. Adam Harish before the sin. So, the Gemara Sanhedrin on page Nun Testament Beis 59b tells us that Adam HaRishon, before the sin, he had malachim, he had angels who were preparing meat for him, and preparing for all of his needs. He didn't have to do anything on his own. Only after the sin, so it became incumbent upon him that through the sweat of his brow, or really, literally the sweat of his face, he would eat bread. But really, person's not supposed to do any efforts. So he was punished. It was a punishment that he would have to be involved in hishtadlus, in efforts, as a result of his sin. And so, we too. However, ideally, a person who's reached a very high spiritual level, which is possible through the Torah, to reach a great level, so ideally a person should not have to do any hishtadlus, and I'll point out, it doesn't say this here in the Beis HaLevi, but I'll point out that Adam before the sin, it says, that he was placed inside of the garden, this is before the sin, to work the field and to protect the field. And our sages tell us, what is, what is the avoida? What is the avoida that we're speaking of here? This, the working of the field? That's the word avoida means to work, but it doesn't mean to work. The word avoida means to serve. Through his prayers... The, the rain was just waiting for him to pray. He would just say, God, please send the rain. And it would rain. So, it didn't involve a physical manual labor. It didn't involve a request. It didn't involve a prayer. But not more than that. It says in the Beis HaLevi, the result of him having eaten from the Eitz Hadas, from the Tree of Knowledge, was that he now had a, a, a leaning towards evil and towards desire. So if it would have been, if it would have continued that he doesn't have to do any hishtalus, any efforts, so then as a result of the sin and as a result of being lowered from a state of spiritual greatness, if he didn't have to work, so he would have gotten involved in doing sins. Our sages tell us, it's a Mishnah in Ksuvis, chapter 5, Mishnah 5, that when a person 
has nothing to do, it brings him to do licentious acts. Okay, Nigzar Allah Hayagiya al Derek Amram. Therefore, there's an obligation, there's a decree upon the human being to be involved in work, to put in efforts, based on that which our sages tell us, Yafet Hamatayra im Derek Eretz. That it's a good thing to be studying Torah, to be toiling in Torah, in spiritual activities, alongside toiling in a person's mundane activities, specifically earning a livelihood. When a person is occupied in that way, part of the day in his learning and in his spiritual endeavors, part of the day in his work, so it relieves a person of that boredom, let us say, that engenders uh, negative behaviors in licentious areas. Like the Gemara in Kedushin says, Rishimim ben Elazar, Rishimim ben Elazar says, have you ever seen an animal, a bird, a, uh, any of the creatures that HaKadosh Baruch has created, have you ever seen any of them involved in work, working in order to provide themselves with livelihood? The livelihood comes to them. Hashem sends, God sends the bread to every single living creature. All of these animals were created to serve me. The human being is the pinnacle of creation. And I was created to serve God. Certainly, I should be able to get my livelihood without any effort, without any pain. So Rabbi Shimon ben Allah tells us a foundational concept when it comes to livelihood, when it comes to bitachon, when it comes to hishtadlus, I've done something wrong. I've done an avera. I've done a sin. I've veered away from my service of God. And what's the result of veering away from my service of God? The result is that I don't get my parnasa easily. I don't get my livelihood in a natural manner. So therefore, says the Beis Halevi, therefore, a person is obligated, or it's, I don't know if the, the right word is obligated, but he has no choice. That's really the word mukhrach means he has no choice. He has to have some kind of craft, some kind of job. But I would mention here, and he doesn't say this, but I would mention here that to the extent that a person is involved in learning Torah, a person is involved in more pure spiritual pursuits, so then the obligation, or the hechreach, the the fact that he has to be involved in his efforts in order to earn his livelihood, that's minimized. It becomes less. The more a person is involved in spirituality, the less a person needs to be involved in their livelihood. That's a general principle. Vim Yovin says the Beis HaLevi just the most profound idea. It's so important. We have to do it. We have no choice. We're not tzaddikim. We're not perfectly righteous individuals. We're not on that level that we can perhaps... Uh, get away without any hishtadlus. You need to know, says the Beis Halevi, that every effort that you put in doesn't do a single thing. I'm not making this up. That's what it says. What is the person's approach when it comes to being involved in hishtadlus? Because we do hishtadlus. 
I'm, I'm doing a crowdfunding, you might know, right now. And I send out the emails. I send out emails to people, and I say, please, go to the site, etc. So what am I supposed to think as I'm doing that? So it's very hard, because you do see, you send an email, and people respond to that email, Baruch Hashem. So I'm not holding on a level where I can just have bitachin and then the money just comes by itself. But what is a person supposed to think as he's doing that? So I found it helpful, actually, to put on uh, my song, Put on that song, Bitchu, Trust in Hashem. It was helpful for me. Says the Beis Halevi, the approach needs to be that when a person is involved in his work, he needs to focus that, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? It's because there's a decree. The king has decreed, God has decreed, that I need to do some work. That Hashem decreed that the way that a person can receive his needs is after some kind of efforts. Adam la'amal yulod. The pasuk says, the Medrash tells us, explaining the pasuk in Eov, in Job chapter 5 verse 7, it says, man was created for toil. So we know Chazal tell us that uh, it's amal pet, referring to the fact that we're obligated to toil in learning, in spiritual pursuits, entire learning. But the Medrash here says, the if you don't toil, you're not going to eat. So you can toil, as we said, in learning. And in so doing, a person can be yitzah, can fulfill his obligation that way. But when a person is toiling, a person is involved in ishtadlis, the thought that he needs to have is, I'm doing this because it's the gzeir samelch, it's the decree of the king, that I need to put in efforts. Once a person has done his obligation, he's fulfilled that obligation, he paid his, paid his dues, is involved in some kind of business. Shuv Yifzab Again, a person needs to go back to his bitachan, back to his faith in God. Ki hasmin le'parnasase. That God will provide me with my parnasa. Remember HaKasuf, like the verse says, Goyl al Hashem darkech v'tachalav. Roll onto Hashem your ways, your path, and trust in Him, v'hu yase, and He will do it. God will do it for you. Therefore, says the Beis Halevi, we find, when it comes to those who are righteous on a higher level, we find that there are righteous people who, they, for whatever reason, were missing their needs. They didn't have in front of them the things that they needed. And, immediately following that time, immediately following that need, the need comes through no act of their own, through no heshtadlus, they didn't do any effort. Nevertheless, their needs came in a supernatural way. Like we find by Elijah the prophet, See in First Kings, in Melachim Aleph, chapter 17, verse 6, Leo Anovi, the great righteous prophet, he was sustained, the Orvim, the, the 
crows. They brought him, they brought him his needs. Miraculously. That he was provided for in a miraculous manner, Rabbi Shimon Barichai and his son. They were inside of a cave. They were inside of a cave. You can't see, but I'm actually in a very uh, stony area. You can see a little bit of the stones nearby, over here, over here. But they were inside of a stony area. A cave is a stony area. If you ever go inside of a cave and come to Ramat Shemesh, I'll show you some of the caves in the area. Go inside of a cave. It's not a place where stuff grows. It's not. That's just not how it works. But nevertheless, Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai was in such an area, and in a miraculous way, he received that which he was meant to receive. He received his sustenance. Cain, therefore, says the Beis Halevi, when a person has no, they don't, you don't see in front of you, what is it I'm supposed to do? What efforts am I supposed to make? Where's the money going to come from? Where's the food going to come from? Says the Beis HaLevi, very similar to the words of the, of the altar of Navardic, who also says this exact idea. Don't be upset. You see, how am I going to get the food? How am I going to get my needs? How am I going to get the parnasa? How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to pay my... How am I going to pay my grocery bills? Let your heart not fall because of this. If you see that the gates of efforts are sealed, there's nothing to do. You see, there's no, there's no way that I can get my needs. You've got to be actually happy. There's no obligation. You see that the decree is not falling upon you. You see that there's nothing to do. I can't do anything. How am I going to get the money? Don't worry about it. Relax. This is an opportunity. Have bitachin. Now you can have full bitachin. You don't have to you don't see what to do. Here's what you can do. This is where you put your, your, your efforts into bitachin. Says the Beis HaLevi that even if heaven forbid, the, it seems like something bad is about to happen. You don't have any way. You don't know, how am I going to get out of this problem? I'm so stuck. How am I going to get out of this problem? The way of God is hidden from the, from the way of the person. The salvation of God can come in a moment, in a snap, in a blink of an eye. This reminds me of something I'm listening now again to the Shiurim of Rabbi Per. Anbitachen, I started back at the beginning. The Bitachen group is also starting. The men's group has gone back to the beginning of the Sefer now. It's a good time to join us. Send us an email, thebitachengroup at gmail.com or to my email, arigoldwag at gmail.com. In the beginning, so, in the beginning of the Shurim, I'm listening to the Shurim that the Sefer is based on. And Marisha Shiva spoke about the fact, Rabbi Per, Zangazuni should be well and healthy, Shlita. He spoke about that sometimes it's easier to have bitachon when you're in a pinch, when you're in a quandary, when you're stuck and there's nowhere else to turn. He tells the story of a lady, a woman who had cancer, never she passed away a few weeks after. But he spoke, my Rosh Hashiva spoke to this woman and she sensed in her voice when she said that I have full bitachon and Hashem 
is, is holding me and taking care of me. That Hashem is going to provide for my children. She had full faith. When a person is in a situation of challenge, when you're in, your back is against the wall, you have nowhere else to turn. It's actually easier in a certain sense to have full bitachin. There's nothing that I can do. All I can do is have faith. If it seems that death is near, I will hope to him. I will turn to God. And the Gemara in Brachas and Daf Yud, Chazal, said the following Jerusha. Doesn't say the word Shaladam here, but I know from the song. Even if a sharp sword is on the neck of the person, he should not think in his mind that God can't have mercy upon me. Like the verse says, in Shmuel Aleph, I believe this is in Shiraz Chana, the song of Chana, God gives, he, he causes, He brings about the death of a person, and He brings about the person's life. He brings the person down into the Sha'ol, into the depths, and He brings him up. God also raises a person up from, from the deepest depths. He's Korah Adam Maisa Hanavi. Person should think about and remember the story of Yoyna Hanavi, where he was down in the darkest depths inside of the stomach of a massive fish. He was spit out back onto the land, sent on to do God's will, to do God's bidding. This reminds me of a story, a true story I read, a Holocaust story, where there was people that were going to the gas chambers and they were arguing on their way. One person, I don't know if they were both religious people, but one of them said to the other, I believe that God can save me even, even from the brink. God can save me even from the gas chambers. The other person said, no, it's not true, it's not possible. They, came, they were literally placed inside of the gas chambers and the door was closed. And the man says to him, even, even here you believe? Yes, even here I believe. Right after he said, yeah, even here I believe, door opened. Hand came in and grabbed the guy who said, even here I believe, and pulled him out. And as he was going out, the one inside said, say Kaddish for us. It turns out that the Nazi guards had had a bet who could do a difficult thing, and one of them said, I'm going to go and grab a Jew before, before they all die in the gas chambers. And that person's life was saved. And he said, Kaddish, for his friends who are not. But, scary story, sad story, powerful story, but a true story. So too, if enemies have come to cause him damage, verse tells us, to Mishle in Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 7, When God is happy with the ways of a person, even his enemies will, will be mashlim with him. They won't fight with him. 
In regards to the enemies of the Jewish people, the Amalekim, the verse tells us in Psalms, chapter 58, verse 11, the righteous shall re- rejoice when he sees the revenge. So, he's giving us all these examples to understand and see that if a person is in a challenge, not just the challenge of Parnas, of livelihood, which we spoke about, but also a physical challenge, a challenge he's facing off with the ultimate enemy who wants to destroy the Jewish people, Amalek. Hashem is going, ultimately we will see, we will see the revenge. There will be justice. Remember the fight that Avram Avinu had with the four kings and the five kings. Remember the, the battle that King David fought with Goliath, Goliath, David and Goliath, the Philistine. It wasn't with a sword. It wasn't with a chanis. I forget the word in English. A spear. How did he do it? How was Avram Avinu able to succeed? How did David succeed? It was with a ruach mimarim, with a spirit from above, a Kodesh Baruch who gave him special siyat de a special help. He comes back to the concept of mezaynas, of a person's livelihood, and he says, God gives a person wealth. God gives a person an inheritance, which means that the money can come from nowhere. You never know where that livelihood is going to come from. And the verse says in Psalms 55, 23, that famous verse, which is the beginning of the altar of Navardic, throw onto Hashem your, your peckle, your package, throw onto Him your burden, throw onto Him your troubles, and He will sustain you. I'm reminded of the mushal, which I saw, uh, Gadi Pollock, famous one, guy has on his back, the beggar, the old man has on his back the, the big package and he's carrying it, he's carrying it and he gets a ride and he gets onto the back of this wagon, the rich man with his horses and he's still holding, as he's sitting inside of the wagon, he's still holding his heavy, his heavy package and the rich man says, put down the, put down the package and the poor man says, I don't want to burden the, the horses I don't want to burden the horses that they should have to also hold the package. They're already pulling the package. You've got to put it down. Shem Roy, Loyech, Sir God is my shepherd. I will not be missing anything. All these psilkim indicate that you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. HaKadosh Baruch Hu God is providing us with all of our needs. He doesn't need us to provide us with our needs. He doesn't need our efforts. Throw it onto Him. Give God Everything. Hashem roi leyechzar. It's such a beautiful muscle. The puzzle. God is my shepherd. What is a shepherd? A shepherd is the one who, who leads the flock to find the pasture. To find is the is the sheep worried about where am I going to have food? Where am I going to have a drink from? The sheep is not worried. That's the job of the shepherd. Hashem is my shepherd. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry at all. We need to remember. And for 40 years, our, our forefathers, Kalaisa, the Jewish people, over a million strong, as they came out of Egypt, they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. Every single thing that they need, needed 
was provided for them every single day, every single moment. It wasn't just history. It's not just past history. It's true every single day and every single moment for us too. God is constantly providing us with all of our needs. So we need not worry. So again, to wrap it up, sum up. Number one, if we got to do it, it's a decree. We need to approach it that way. It doesn't come. The, the results are not, they're not proportionate to our efforts. That's number one. When we're doing it, we got to remember, we got to keep that in mind. It's Hashem, it's God who's doing it, it's not us. And number three, if there's nothing to do, the hardest, the toughest, the most difficult situation is, is in front of us. There's nothing to do. It's a sign from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we got to just depend on Him. He is our shepherd. He's leading us. He's going to give us everything that we need. Thanks so much for listening. See you again next time.